Hey everybody, come on in, come on in, it's time for Coffee with Scott Adams, the best Coffee with Scott Adams of the weekend, yeah, it's going to be that good, and uh, a lot of it has to do with a thing called the simultaneous sip, (laughs) and it goes like this, all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass of tanker, chalice or stein, a canteen, jug or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure, the dopamine hit of the day, the thing that makes everything better, except for the news today, (laughs) which is kind of stupid, but we'll talk about that. Join me now for this simultaneous sip. Go. Well, just when you thought things couldn't get any stupider, they did. Took a new turn. All right, here's my favorite story of the day. We'll start with the funny stuff. So CNN, as you know, uh, dislikes President Trump. I don't know. Is anybody aware of that? Uh, it hasn't been covered much. But uh, yeah, CNN doesn't like President Trump. And so when they run a story that could be favorable to him in any way whatsoever... Watching how they word it is just fascinating. So, uh, so here's a story about a uh, team of researchers, doctors, who were looking at all the existing drugs that might work on coronavirus, and they were doing a real detailed dive. Apparently, this is something they'd done before, in which they look at all the existing things and see what might be repurposed. And so I look at this study, and I say to myself, huh, this is going to be a story that has to talk about hydroxychloroquine. How will they speak of it? So I I start at the top. It's like, blah, 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 this other drug, other drug, other drug, other drug, other drug, other drug. Now, if this had been Fox News, they might have mentioned hydroxychloroquine a little bit sooner. But on CNN, you have to really look for it. It's like, ah, i got to read quite a bit to get down to this long article. And there it was. So I have to read you the exact language to see how they make something that might be good sound like something that might be bad. Are you ready? (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, It says, One drug, the anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine, has famously received a lot of boosterism from U.S. President Donald Trump. All right, so the setup is this is President Trump's drug. All right, so here's the next thing they say about it. But in the published studies available for uh, Feigenbaum's team to review, the drug hasn't outperformed others. Hasn't outperformed others. Is that what you say about a drug that doesn't work? Do you say that it hasn't outperformed others? And do you know what it says about the others? Some of them might work. That's right. So a study in which one of the main findings is that this inexpensive, widely available drug that President Trump likes apparently works. Apparently works. According to these researchers. Not according to me, of course. I don't know. But the way they have to word it is the drug hasn't outperformed others. 
But the, the study, the whole study shows that some of them probably work. Of course, it has to be tested further, but there's some indication of it. And then it goes into this sort of tortured argument about why, well, the two French studies on hydroxychloroquine, they drew red flags for the University of Pennsylvania. All right, so these are the guys searching it. It drew red flags. Did it say that about any of the other drugs? Did any of the other drugs draw any red flags? Probably not. Um, because of the time it takes to clear the body and blah, 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 blah. So the two studies that were positive uh, are, not, are not conclusive, but that would be true of just about all the studies, I would think. Anyway, so that's how CNN covers good news. Um, the president is saying that since he imposed this new 10-year term for defacing statues, that it hasn't happened. Is that true? Have no statues been defaced since the president slapped a higher uh, penalty on that? And I guess he tweeted 15 different times pictures of people who tried to deface the, I think it was the Andrew Jackson statue. Do you think a 10-year prison term is going to stop him? Because the president himself is tweeting the photos of the perpetrators. (laughs) He did 15 separate tweets of official wanted posters that show the faces of these people. How many of of them do you think have been uh, caught by now? Probably a few. Probably a few. So I would think that some of these people are going to jail for a long time. Let's see if that cuts down on it. Um, so the, uh, the Trump campaign is probably over. Uh, we'll know in about 30 minutes or so uh, whether, whether he's still running. Uh, the story that this comes from is apparently the... Not, not apparently, this happened, I saw it. Uh, the president tweeted a video in which some senior citizens were protesting each other, some pro-Trump, some anti-Trump, So it's a bunch of old people yelling at each other, but a prominent part of it is one of the old people who supports Trump yelling, white power, white power, (laughs) some old man in a golf cart. And and the president tweeted that. So uh, somebody says it's a hoax. (laughs) It's not a hoax that he tweeted it. So, of course, this has CNN salivating. Uh, but I don't know, if, if that video is still up and the president hasn't said, oops, I didn't see that part, uh, probably his campaign will be over in half an hour or so. So if you want to know what the, if you want to know what the slaughter meter says now, zero, zero. So the slaughter meter is set at zero while that video remains unexplained and still up. There isn't any chance he could win at this point. All right, um, and by the way, don't ask me to explain that one. All right, we have to listen to the president's explanation if he gives one. If he doesn't give one, then I would say that would be the end of his uh, end of his uh, chance to get reelected. All right, um, there is here's a fun story: the reports of an explosion in Iran's eastern mountains caused by a cyber attack. Huh. Where would that have come from? A cyber attack against Iran. It turned uh, the facility on itself, destroying Iran's Shahab long-range missile force stored in the Kajir Tunnel Base Complex as well as the solid fuel production facility. (laughs) 
what? A cyber attack just blew up a whole a whole tunnel complex somehow uh, in Iran and destroyed the sh- their Shahab long-range missile force. But it's a little unclear because it says the missile force stored in the tunnel, but that's not necessarily the entire missile force, is it? Did one cyber attack take out Iran's entire long-range missile capability? That seems like a, a lot. Why would they keep it all in one place? Maybe they did. I don't know. So we won't hear any more about that, I don't think, because it was a secret operation by somebody. Somebody. Who could it be? We don't know. So I guess there's some fake news from the New York Times today, anonymous source, that the president had been briefed that Russia was uh, was offering uh, bounties to Afghanistan people to kill Americans, and the story is that the president, uh, you know, didn't do anything about that. And of course, the president says fake news. Nobody ever briefed any of us on that. Uh, so let's let's handicap this. What do you think of the odds that an anonymous source from the New York Times would have a story that's really bad for the president that involves Russia, involves Russia, and nobody else in the room was aware of it? Does that sound familiar in any way? <laughs> it is the least credible story of all stories. If you were to rank stories from most credible to least, where would you put a New York Times story in the summer before an election uh, with an anonymous source that involves Russia and nobody else in the room heard it? Where would you put that on your list of credible stories? At the bottom. At the bottom. Right. There's nothing you'll hear today. There's nothing you'll hear ever that would be less credible than something that has all of those qualities. Nothing. There's literally nothing less credible than that. But because it still has the name New York Times on it, and people are sort of stuck in the past, they imagine that that's news of some sort, they still think it's news. So that'll be out there forever. Um, So I've told you uh, that it's always a big mistake to check Twitter right before you try to go to sleep. Have you ever made that mistake? Because Twitter is designed, well, I wouldn't say designed, I'll say that uh, it evolved to a point where it gets you excited when you look at your tweets, right? It it jacks you up. So last night, uh, I'm getting ready to fall asleep, and I'm like, oh, I'll look at Twitter one more time. Okay, Uh, there's a death threat against me in public. Oh. I don't think I'm going to sleep so well tonight. So that's the last fucking thing I look at before I go to sleep is a death threat against me. So now you might say to yourself, Scott, a death threat on Twitter? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's against their policy. Well, we will find out because I did report it. And I'm going to tell you what I consider a death threat. And then I want you to put your, your opinion on it. And we're going to look at the Twitter rules that seem to be appropriate, because I printed them out. And then you tell me if this tweet should stay up. It's a gray area. It's a gray area. 
So here's the, uh, here's the tweet. It's from somebody at, at Headline Zoo with three O's, I guess. Headline Zoo, all one word with three O's at the end. And uh, this is responding to that fake news uh, New York Times story that I just mentioned. Here's the tweet. It should have been clear from the beginning Trump is a traitor. Uh, what's to be said about his hashtag Vichy Republican enablers at Real James Woods at Scott Adams says? So here is somebody who has declared that Trump is a traitor because of the fake news New York Times story that didn't happen. And that two people in the world should be called out as being Vichy Republican enablers. Now, here's how I interpret that. Yeah, the Vichy, meaning the this refers to World War II. Help me with my history here. So I'm just I'm just uh, winging it. It would be the the French uh, pseudo government that was under the German control in World War II essentially traitors to their own country because they were bowing to Germany instead of being instead of joining the resistance I guess so what happened to the Vichy government after Germany was defeated this is where I need a little help on my yeah I need a little help on my history here did the government officials known as the Vichy the Vichy government were they rounded up and fucking killed? Just guessing. When you call somebody a Vichy Republican, are you not saying, by reference, that they are in a category of people that nobody would care and it might even be a good idea to round them up and kill them? Right? Yeah, they were strung up. They were all executed. All right, so... Is it fair to say that somebody labeling me in a category that is, even you would say, might be executed? Like, even you would say, you know, those Vichy traitors, if they got executed, well, well, good for the, good for the people, because that was probably exactly what needed to be done, right? So, by putting me publicly in a category that not only lumps me with uh, James Woods, <laughs> who I blocked a long time ago just for being a crazy dick. Um, and if you don't like that, that's okay. I don't care. He's, he's sort of a crazy dick, and I blocked him a long time ago. Didn't want to see anything that came out of his tortured head anymore. Um, all right, so I, I interpret this as a death threat. But let's see if the Twitter rules would uh, would ban this person. Now, I, I reported it last night, and as of... Um, a few moments ago, it's still live, the account, the account is. So here are the rules, uh, Twitter rules, and I'm just picking a few rules out of their many rules, but these are the ones I think apply. Abuse harassment. You may not engage in the targeted harassment of someone or incite others to do so. This includes wishing or hoping that someone experiences physical harm. Now, would you say that that tweet, comparing me to, to the Vichy... Republic, a group of people who were strung up by their own public, justifiably. I would say, justifiably, they were traitors. Um, do you think that it is targeted? First of all, is it targeted because she mentions me by name? Yes. Is it harassment of someone? I wouldn't call it harassment exactly, although it's, it is that, of course. Yeah, it is harassment. 
of someone or incite others to do so. Does that tweet incite others to be to act against me in any harassing way? Well, of course it does. Of course it does. Uh, and this includes wishing or hoping that someone experiences physical harm. Well, I think that's pretty clear. If somebody, re- somebody compares you to a Vichy government, they are publicly and explicitly wishing or hoping that someone experiences physical harm. Now, I'm not a, a mind reader, right? But I don't know how else you would interpret it. However, however, if this were the only thing that Twitter said, then you'd say, oh, okay, this is obviously a violation. But it's not the only thing Twitter says. Because you have to worry about those times when people use words hyperbolically that everyone knows has no violent intent. For example, if I said, I'll kill you if you do that again, everybody knows you don't need to kill them. It's just a choice of words. So Twitter has some more language that goes into that. In a different section, you have to go look for it, but it's there. It says, statements that express a wish or hope that someone experiences physical harm. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Making vague or indirect threats. What's vague or indirect? It's kind of a judgment call. Or threatening actions that are, and here's the key phrase, unlikely to cause serious or lasting injury. Or lasting injury. Lasting injury? What the hell is lasting injury? If somebody incites somebody to punch me in the face, but I recover, is that a lasting injury? How do you define a lasting injury? That's a tough one. Kind of subjective. So uh, if it's unlikely to cause serious or lasting injury, are not actionable under this policy, but may be reviewed and actioned under those policies. So they take the, they reserve the right to review them, but they say we're not automatically bound, essentially, by our own rules if it looks like it's not, it's not a real thing. Not real in the sense that is unlikely to translate into any kind of action. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you were to look at this one person making one tweet, could you make the argument that this by itself is likely to cause me any harm? Well, even I would say, that's pretty unlikely. Pretty unlikely. Um, (laughs) All right. We'll take care of a few people who seem to be suffering. Let's see, we'll get rid of that one. We'll get rid of that one. We'll get rid of... Anybody else? Anybody else? Alright, so we got rid of a few trolls. Um, And so, here's my point on this. If one person refers to you one time on Twitter as being part of a Vichy, Vichy government... There's no real harm, wouldn't you say? One person, one time, calls you a traitor. Yeah, nothing. But what happens if it becomes part of a pattern? Because you know it will. Uh, when Trump loses, because at this point, if that tweet is still up there, he can't possibly win. Um, when Trump loses, will people actually come after people like me? Well, if there's more of this, yes. So how do you treat a tweet that this person probably hopes would become popular. If it doesn't become popular, it's one tweet, it's one crazy person. It really doesn't make much difference to me or anybody else. But how do you judge this? 
So we'll, I'll give you an update on this. In my opinion, this is a call to, uh, a call to violence, which by itself is weak, but if it were to gain steam, it would actually kill me. It would actually kill me. I would actually be dead, literally dead, if this thought picked up popularity. Because sooner or later, somebody would say, hey, they really mean this. I'll take a crack at them. Uh, let, me, let me say as clearly as I can to anybody who wants to take a crack at me later, it won't go well. <laughs> so if anybody decides they want to try to take me out today or any time in the future, my only advice is make sure you get it done because you don't want to miss because I may not be as inefficient as you are. The uh, Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury and head of the Church of England, says they're reconsidering their portrayal of Jesus as a white man. So Jesus is about to, about to uh, uh, get a redo, get a remake. Now, the interesting thing about all these stories of the things that have to be renamed and, and changed and stuff is that some of them are perfectly reasonable, in my opinion. In my opinion, remaking historical Jesus to look like the actual person who, you know, would it would have looked like seems reasonable yeah i'm not a believer so i don't have a vote i don't care if i don't care if it gets done i don't care if it doesn't get done but it's certainly in the reasonable category so i don't mind that one but here are some of the fun ones um the you know yale harvard columbia princeton they're all named after basically slave owners or they're yeah basically slave owners People who were involved in slavery, Columbus, Yale, Harvard, uh, the prince referred to with Princeton was King William. They all had slaves. So uh, I guess the Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson, um, there was something within Princeton that was called the Woodrow Wilson something. They changed that name because Woodrow Wilson was a, a massive racist. Sure, he did some good stuff, but he was also a massive racist. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, I'd like to, I'd like to suggest a compromise. And the compromise is this. Instead of changing the names of all these uh, slavers, how about we do this? We just come up with like a copyright symbol, except instead of copyright, it would be like a little, uh, let's say an S for slavery. Yeah, I guess R and, and C are already taken for registered and copyright. So you'd have some kind of like a little letter you put after it. So it would, let's say it's S for slavers. So it'd be like Harvard, S. Where'd you go? I went to Princeton, S. Where, where'd you get your degree? Yale, S. I'm just kidding. They'll never do that. But um, watching this take place is quite fascinating. I, I got to say I have mixed opinions about it all. I have mixed opinions. Um, and the mixed opinions go like this. I think that if we were starting from scratch to name all these things, there's no way in hell we would have named everything after slave owners. You know, if, if nothing had a name and we were saying, oh, let's just start naming all our buildings and our, our stuff. We never did that before, but let's, let's put somebody's name on this stuff. Let's build a statue. I don't know that we would do it that way if we started today. Do we have a right to change history? Well, here's the thing. Let me, uh, 
let me let me give you a little science here to red pill you on these statues and such. It goes like this. If you think that your physical environment is not programming you, you're wrong. Your physical environment is part of the everyday programming of who you become. For example, if you live somewhere where you don't have much light, you're programmed to be in a worse mood because light is good for you. It gives you vitamin D, helps your mood, helps your health. So simply having a house that doesn't have windows in the right place will actually program you to be sad and unhappy and less successful and less healthy. I mean, it's that simple. You got light, you're a little bit healthier and happier. You got no light, you're not. But this extends also to things like uh, color and design and, you know, uh, do you feel claustrophobic? Do you feel creative? Um, are, if you're a person who needs order, are you in a messy environment? Because imagine being somebody who really needs something, you know, uh, I don't know if it'd be OCD, but what, whatever it is that you need things just where they belong. But you, unfortunately, you, have, you don't have a choice. You live in a house where everything's just a mess. What would that do to your brain? Imagine what that does to your brain. Think about it. It, it programs you. Now, take the if, now generalize from this. We know that everything in your environment can program you, and pretty immediately, and pretty grossly. All right. Now, now let me make up a an example that isn't real. Okay. Let's say. Uh, you're afraid of dogs. We'll just take that as a given, right? Most of you are not afraid of dogs. But let's say you were attacked by a dog when you were a kid, and you were afraid of dogs. Is that reasonable? Is it reasonable for a person to be afraid of dogs if they were attacked by dogs? I would say, you would say, well, it might be irrational, but it's quite reasonable that they would be. If you were attacked by something, you'd have a little PTSD about it, wouldn't you? I mean, it just makes sense. People would go through the... A war will have some PTSD. So now imagine you had some PTSD about dogs, but you had to live in in, in the dog museum. It's like there are pictures of dogs on the wall. There's a statue of a dog. There's a you know there's audio playing of dogs barking. You're living in a dog museum, but you're afraid of dogs, and you have a good reason to be afraid of dogs because one attacked you once. What does that do to you? How do you like that? Do you like living there? And the answer is no. No, that would program you very negatively. You wouldn't be able to perform in life. You couldn't be as happy. You'd just never be happy. So the point is that that the decorations, literally the decorations, the choice of color, the choice of a painting on a wall, the way the room is, is organized, will program you in real time. It will program you in real time. Now, those of you who are saying, if I had to estimate, I'd say at least 80% of you listening to this are saying some form of this. Oh, my God, Scott. You know, we all have messy rooms. We all have to go through life. There's no way this is as powerful as you're making it out to be. Yeah, we all have, we all have to ride the bus sometimes. And the bus is not pretty. I get it, Scott. We'd all like to live in a nice place like you do, but, you know, that's life. It's a messy life. We're all, we're all affected the same way. Don't make a big thing about it. It's nothing. And I think you're completely wrong. I think that the power of your, your physical environment is way stronger than you, you think it is. 
Now, of course, uh, the analogy that uh, I made to the dog, <clears throat> analogies are not persuasive, so don't look to the analogy for the persuasion. <clears throat> that was just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Here's the persuasion. If, if I told you you had to live in a space that was very, very unkind to you personally, but it wouldn't bother me, am I a good person? Am I a good person if I say, hey, um, you're a guest in my house, I've got three bedrooms, they're all available for you to use, but I want you to use the one that has the dog pictures. Use the one with the dog pictures. Yeah, I know you're afraid of dogs and you'll be traumatized, you'll have PTSD and you won't be able to sleep, but it doesn't bother me. I'm not afraid of dogs. So if I'm not afraid of dogs, I don't care if you sleep in the dog bedroom, even though there are two other bedrooms that don't have dog pictures in them. Why do I care? Because I'm not afraid of dogs. That That's sort of what I'm seeing. So the reason that I'm uh, anti-statue, but I'm not in favor of taking them down in some non-legal Right away, yeah. Every, everything has to go through the process uh, because that's that's how we're organized. That's how society works. So I think everything has to go through a legal process. But I think the complaint overall is quite real. Now, is anybody has anybody ever been traumatized by the names Yale, Harvard, Princeton, or Columbia? No, <laughs> no. <clears throat> Nobody has ever been traumatized because Harvard is named after a slaver. It just hasn't happened. I don't think anybody knew until this year. I didn't know. Or at least the public didn't know. I didn't know. So uh, certainly things have gone too far. But if you ask me, would I want to live in a world where there was a statue to slave owners, if if I had some you know generational PTSD about that, I'd say, no, I'd like to get rid of those statues. But if you told me to change the name of these colleges, I'd say that's too far, but it's not up to me. So we'll see if the liberal institutions can live with their own rules. Um, do you remember YouTuber Jenna Marbles? Very, very popular. Uh, blonde woman who did funny YouTubes. She was gigantic. Uh, she canceled herself for her own bad behavior in the past because she did blackface and made tasteless jokes. Shane Dawson, who is another gigantic YouTuber, and by the way, if you have never heard these names, uh, people like Shane Dawson and Jenna Marbles would be like, uh, you know, like the cast of Friends, basically, on television. That's how popular they are on YouTube. They're, They're gigantic names on YouTube, but if you're not in that world, you haven't heard of them, probably. Uh, gigantic names, and one just basically apologized for his entire past. Uh, but I can't believe that he'd been... Apparently he did blackface a number of times in the YouTube you know, era, and he didn't get canceled for doing blackface a number of times already? How many times... And Jenna Marbles, too? How many times can you do blackface and not get canceled? Is it only this year? <laughs> this is the first year people are getting canceled for this stuff? What's going on with that? All right. Um, so it's mostly fake news and coronavirus and uh, and that, that video. Um, PTSD isn't always about being afraid. That is correct. 
Somebody says, stop apologizing. All right, I'm going to block you. Whoever said stop apologizing in capital letters, uh, I'm going to block you now. And here's the thing. Did you hear me apologize? Did anybody hear anything that sounded like an apology? Nope. I didn't. I did not. Now, I don't know if that's directed at me or not, but I'm sure somebody will tell me. I don't like it when people shout in capitals on my comments. Um, why is Trump losing now? Well, there's, there's a video in which, which the president retweeted of a, uh, a guy yelling white power. Now, if that's still up, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, the only defense against that is he didn't really look at it. You know, he didn't really watch the video before he tweeted. Is there anybody who's ever tweeted a video they haven't actually watched? Uh, maybe five times a day? That's right. Yeah, people tweet things that they have not read and videos they have not watched. I do it literally every day. Probably there hasn't been a single day of tweeting, I'm just guessing, in four years in which I haven't tweeted something I haven't read or I haven't read it or... Somebody says it's down, and most of you are saying it's still up. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, if if it's still up, and I don't hear some real good excuse, I mean, I'm out, obviously. Uh, So I, I don't think any of you should support him if he keeps that up. Somebody says, you've taught us not to trust videos. Exactly. That's why you should wait to hear what they say. I mean, you should reserve your judgment until you hear what you hear the full story. But uh, the only the only uh, explanation I can imagine, the only one I can imagine, is that he didn't watch it before he tweeted it, and nobody did. But it's been up there for a while, hasn't it? <laughs> so it could be that they don't know how to take it down, meaning they don't want to just take it down because then it might look like they meant it, but they got you know, scared off it, so maybe they're thinking of some. Uh, Don't agree he's losing. Uh, Somebody said they weighed in on this and was was restricted for 59 seconds. Uh, The racist video is still up. You know, it's going to be an interesting case if he decides to uh, defend it. I don't think that's going to happen, but who knows, whatever. And here's the question. You know, I, I've been telling you that because the conversation about race and the police in particular has gotten uh, deeper, there are things that you can say, there are things you can say that you just couldn't say before. So you actually can say things you weren't saying. So if somebody says the old guy is joking or sarcastic, it doesn't really matter, does it? That, I don't think that would matter in any way. Because you, there are some things that you shouldn't be joking about. <laughs> and so, so here's the thing. If, if the old man had yelled, you know, Heil Hitler, of course, you, you know, that would be the worst. If he'd yelled uh, white supremacy, terrible, white nationalism, terrible. But what if he just yelled white power? Yeah, there, there might be an interesting uh, free speech case here. And I would be fascinated if the president decided to to back it. Now, I think it would be the end of his presidency, but he might anyway. 
And that would be this. Is there any reason that that guy can't yell white power? If, if uh, there are other people yelling black power and you know, other slogans, isn't that just his opinion? Because it's not racist to, to say that your own group is good, is it? To just say that you, know, you want your, your group to have power? It's kind of interesting. We'll see if anybody uh, supports it. I don't think you can go there to support it, but I'd love to see what other people do about it. Now, do I personally think that an old man has the right to yell that phrase? Of course. Of course. An old man can yell anything he wants. You know, he wasn't, it wasn't an insult to anybody. He was, just asserting, he was just asserting something about white people, and I think you're allowed to assert things about yourself if you're not claiming superiority in this, at least in you know, this society. So we'll see where, where that goes. Um, somebody says, it's just not great judgment. <laughs> you know, when you, when you reach a certain age, I don't know if you care, do you? Because the old man is probably just having a great time today. He's probably looking at the news and saying, look what I did. Everybody, hey, you see this? The president's talking about me. Everybody's talking about me. Uh, somebody says, what if he said black power? Yeah, so the point is, if, if it had been completely legal to say black power, is this guy, is this, will this guy be banned forever for saying white power? Now, the difference, of course, is that there's a presumed difference in power. If you're the one who doesn't have power, or you know, society looks at it that way, then saying, hey, Elbonian power, nobody cares if you're a lower, low power or presumed to be not having enough power. But if you're the one who has power, then it just looks like a dictator, doesn't it? So context does matter. Old lady yelling Nazi. Is that okay? Oh, good point. Yeah, so the, the old lady who was yelling at the guy and calling him a Nazi, yes, she should be condemned uh, equally, I would say. But when she was a white woman yelling at a white man. I don't know, it gets complicated. It gets complicated. <laughs> uh, he was being called a racist for supporting Trump, and maybe he responded by yelling white power just to, to bother her. Maybe. But, you know, uh, none, it doesn't matter what his intentions were, does it? I don't think it matters. Uh, Trump would be up 10 if he would just put down his phone, somebody says. <laughs> yeah, he just ruined Trump's election, but he's having a great day. Scarborough thinks Trump is trying to lose. You know, when I, I, I've heard a few people say that. Uh, didn't, didn't Mike Cernovich ask the question, if Trump were trying to lose, how would it look different? Right? How would it, how would it look different if he were trying to lose? And, you know, of course, that's a, sort of a trick question because, uh, you know, you could say the same thing about Biden. It looks like Biden's trying to lose. You'd probably say it about anybody. All right, um, somebody says, oh my God, the sky is falling today. Who knows? You know, there, there probably will be 25 surprises between now and Election Day. So, you know, we might not even be talking about this by tomorrow. We'll see. Um, but it would be really interesting if Trump decided to say, hey, that guy can yell that. 
If the woman can call him a Nazi, he can he can yell anything he wants back. Maybe it could. You know, if the president is keeping it up there, let let me say this: if the president is, says, "Yeah, I can see why that would be offensive," but freedom of speech, then I would actually back him for it. <laughs> I think I can actually get behind that. You know, as long as he said, "Yeah, you know, I don't buy the statement," but freedom of speech, I don't. Know. I, I doubt I could publicly support that too much, but privately I'd be saying to myself, well, that's a good point. You know, I don't have to back anybody, but I can back their ability to to say obnoxious things in public. Um, yeah, so other people say he's acting like he wants to lose. Why would he want to lose? Why would he want to lose? It would be... Quite a uh, you know quite a change from anything we've seen from him, but the only reason I, I can imagine he would want to lose is if he has some health issues we don't know about. If I were that age and I had some health issues, I'd say you know maybe it would be just as well if I went out after one term. But we have no indication of anything like that. So unless I heard a reason, and it would have to be a health reason, I think anything short of a health reason, I'm not sure I would believe. Um, <laughs> somebody in the comments says, I just awoke from a coma for the past six months. What have I missed? <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. Um, somebody says, I'm white and I don't feel very powerful. Well, you better crank up your white privilege then. What are you missing? Um, that is the speech on the street. All right, somebody says, I doubt Trump is making a play here. I doubt it, too, but we'll see how it turns out. All right, I got nothing else for you. Go enjoy your day.